Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of the Hockey Physiotherapy Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit of a different topic in terms of the physiotherapy world, but let's see what Thomas can bring of this. Um, Thomas, tell us about skate hollows. What is a skate hollow first? Okay. Um, yeah, so when you look at a skate blade, it is set perpendicular to the ice, right? So a hollow is created between the blade and the ice. The hollow radius is set by the beauty that is sharpening the skate, and this is made by them adjusting the grinding stone on the skate sharpening machine. So a smaller hollow radius uh, creates more of like a, a different blade edge, right, which are meant to improve the blade's grip on the ice. And with the smaller hollow are therefore like uh, considered sharper, whereas blades sharpened with the larger hollow are less sharp blades. Very interesting. And is there a, I guess, can you give us a little bit more on the different types of the hollows then? Uh, yeah. Maybe not so much like what they do, but like, like what's the difference? Yeah. So you have uh, traditionally a deeper hollow, uh, which is more bite, more kind of grip. People that want tighter turns, quicker stops. Um, they're a bit more prone to like, especially when they're really sharp, like you've experienced this when you're really sharp, it's almost like you chatter when you stop. Um, so that has to be considered a lot of the time. And some research that looks into this as well is um, Gagnon and Dorr, sorry about the pronunciation there, Winchester and Lockwood, <laughs> uh, different papers. They, uh, they looked into this and they mentioned like, yeah, there, there are a lot of quicker stop times with this and the distance that somebody slides. So that's the deeper hollow. Um, so more of like your pivoty people or the shallow hollow is a smoother skating, you know, going to get you more glide, not as rigid feeling on the ice. Uh, but in terms of like your tight turns, you're probably going to feel like you might skid out a bit or you might uh, slide. Um, and therefore, like the higher top end speed is the priority and you're going to have a longer uh, stop. So like a less drag effect or more of a drag effect in a certain way. Um, and there's, one thesis that I read online by um, Andrew McKenzie that was at Brock in 2012, and he goes off about all this stuff. He goes into great detail. It's really interesting if somebody wants to look into this. And there's tons of citations through there. And one of the citations that he uh, mentions is Lockwood and Frost in 2019 suggests that their inside-outside edges, or, um, or some people call them medial lateral. I don't know anybody that calls them that, but I think that's the correct terminology. <laughs> um is if one of those is messed up, that's going to put, they think uh, that's going to put more stress on a ligament or a tendon of a skater. However, you know, if you or I, practically speaking, if you feel like one of your edges is messed up, you're going to go off the ice and you're going to get your skate sharpened. Um, so practically nobody's really going to let that happen. And the younger kids might not understand the difference and that unfortunately could lead to something for them. But, um, Again, something to monitor, especially if you're doing return to skate protocol. Just double checking all of these details is potentially relevant. Uh, is there anything in that research that kind of says is there uh, any benefit to like getting the skate sharp and just after each game, after each practice, compared to every couple of weeks? Does it make a difference? Is it preference? What's the deal? Yeah, not from what I've read, but obviously it's probably individual preference, right? Like if you yeah. don't have a very, a very consistent uh, feel for the ice, um, a lot of athletes, as you know, uh, are creatures of habit. So they want to feel similar and, and be able to do the same things repeatedly. So you're probably, 
some people want to have it every ice session, every in between periods or several games. I think it's really individual. Uh, this is a bit more of a uh, a discussion topic, but do you think there's any difference? Um, maybe depending on what a player like per position is, there a, a better hollow for them, like defenseman yeah. versus forward? Yeah. Well, it, it also, yeah, I think it's a big discussion depending on the style of game they play. Um, but if you're a shifty guy, maybe you're using a deeper hollow. If you're a straight line, you know, blazer, you might be going more of a, a shallow uh, one. And then goalies obviously have a very a different one too for, for their own sake with a completely different contour and rocker or what have you. Goalies are very different, you're right. Yep. And I guess from our point of view, like from a physio's point of view, um, if you're working with a player that's hurt, have you noticed or have you tried anything different? Is it dependent on the injury? Is there what like what makes this relevant for us? Yeah. I know it's quite the uh the spin on Is the it things, a reach? But... We can't figure it out. <laughs> firstly, I, I firstly I think this is highly individual and unlikely, unlikely to be majorly important but small details can sometimes be important obviously but i think we should probably stick with what a player is used to rather than giving them something that they're not you know uh, used to for example you know you have a bad uh, a irritated knee for whatever reason and you know you tell me uh to use a completely different hollow i'm going to be like hey i only want to i barely want to skate right now and you want me to feel completely different out there with a a hollow you're going to tell me to f off so like I think it, it needs to be obviously collaborative um, and well thought out. It probably How, goes back I've, to a little bit of the, the creature of habit as well, right? Yeah. However, I think it is still is a useful question and could impact a player being able to skate a bit more or take care of a bit of pressure off an area. So if we can think about getting somebody back onto the ice a bit sooner, then that might need to be a consideration for them. And, and I'll go into that a bit more, I think, in a moment. Um, because as soon as we can get them back on the ice, it means probably we're more likely to get playing again. So if we're, if, if we're using somebody with the, if we're using a, a shallower hollow, potentially, and in theory could always, or not, not always, it could in theory allow for smoother skating, not as rigid on the ice. They're not, you know, digging into the ice as much. So longer potential for a glide. Um, but at the same time, you might have a longer stop and start. So your the eccentric portion of your, your uh, groin is going to be working overtime. Um, so it could be good in certain contexts, whereas you're going to straight line skating and doing wide turns in an early return to play. So you're not irritating structures as much. Um, so if you're, if you're not doing too much change of direction work and simply wanting to maintain a bit of conditioning without um, – digging into the ice too much it might allow you to get a bit more reps or a bit more duration on the ice for example or conversely like if you have a really irritated meniscus again um and those structures don't love the pivoting and twisting aspect anyways or even if you're biting into the ice more in a straight line aspect with a, a different hollow that could you know irritate a sensitive structure as is so um if they don't love pivoting or even just purely digging into the ice, perhaps leaving a bit of leeway here in a slightly different uh, friction of, or coefficient of friction on ice that could allow them to get back on the ice quicker. I think the deeper hollow conversation is interesting though, right? Because generally it requires a bit more effort to move with this in theory, like, cause you're digging deeper. I think therefore in return to skate sense, you're probably 
more so if they're going to consider this, you're going to be going with a shallow or, or, or normal hollow. Uh, but very, very nuanced, right? And, and I think that if you're trying to hit max velocity in a rehab, you're probably feeling pretty good anyway. So the hollow is not going to be too much of a, of a consideration. But um, one thing that one of these studies also said was, Winchester and Lockwood said that practical information from the effect of hollow depth on acceleration performance, <laughs> they said that subjectively, and I think everybody that's played a lot of hockey would reiterate this. If um, a hollow was too deep, made their skates feel like they were sticking to the ice and a hollow is too shallow, caused their skates to feel as they were spinning their tires. So if we think about going back on the ice after an injury, like confidence is a big thing, um, especially if it's been a long rehab. So if you can give somebody a little bit more, you know, uh, affirmation that they're they're going to be okay, like, hey, by all means, you you need to can at least consider that in my eyes. It's a very small detail, but it's a, a short conversation, something to look into. Absolutely, and it could be something that, uh, not to say the further research is needed, line, but further research is probably needed in this topic. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like so minute, but. <laughs> I, I think I think people can maybe appreciate the the idea behind it. It's something another another thing to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, can you uh, discuss your approach with pilots? And yeah, so I guess I guess another how thing, right? One uses those. Um, so there's again more of like a spin, right? Um, so going back to our first episode, talking about high ankle sprains. Yeah. So if somebody. We know that skaters tend to have more dorsiflexion or better skaters tend to have more dorsiflexion. So they can sit in a deeper stance. However, but if we think about like when you're a little kid and your parent comes into your dressing room, a lot of our parents will just tie up the skate as tight as they can because they think it's safer, which it probably is. They go all the way up the skate doing all, all the eyelets. This is normally what they ankles. should do. Yeah. Uh, but that's probably not fostering the best dorsiflexion, but God, like this is normal and probably what they should do. And I imagine 99% of parents aren't worried about their kids fucking dorsiflexion. No. <laughs> so, no. um, however, the long-term aspect of this um, is that kids end up, some of them will end up doing this their entire life. And we can understand the impact of the dorsiflexion aspect for thousands of hours on the ice. So a good percentage of, of athletes, they might be used to, not having any eyelets dropped or they might have one that they skip or they take two out. I get that that feels like better for them, but my practical consideration for this is like where I think this comes into our discussion is potentially relevant is if you're coming back from a high ankle sprain and commonly people for performance, or at least it seems like are considering dropping an eyelet or skipping an eyelet. But if you're coming back from a high ankle sprain and you're not, completely tolerating dorsiflexion but you're kind of like i'm ready to kind of skate my theory or current thought is like hey could you not skip eyelets therefore being a little bit more upright when you skate right so if you get back on the ice a bit more or a bit earlier by not skipping an eyelet it's gonna be totally or completely different biomechanically for them but that might allow them to get a bit more conditioning going. They might be a bit more upright when they skate and this is not optimal for them, but if they're able to tolerate a little bit more or a little bit um, longer durations because they have a less deep knee bend, Hey, something, something to consider. 
Um, but from a performance perspective, over time, you probably want to whittle it back down. So that's really that also, where I was at. That also takes us back to the confidence talk that you were chatting about earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, just getting a person back on ice might be, it might be the way to go, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyways, again, I think this is, yeah. Sorry. I something worth there. discussing. Nope. Yeah. Something worth discussing. That's all I was going to say. I just think it's some, some two things that you never know how some people react to certain things. And if you're really looking at all the details, you got to consider it, you know, <laughs> at least a little bit. I wonder how many yeah. people have shot this one off. It's fine. You know, they, they <laughs> might think, they might think we're completely crazy and they're probably right. Yeah. hundred percent so right. Homework. Yeah. <laughs> homework for somebody is um, if they play themselves or they skate themselves, play around with these things. You get a, get an understanding of what people uh, have a different sensation of different eyelets. Like I knew one time a few months ago, I did all my eyelets up and I've normally done a left two. And I was, I was like big bird out there, just straight leg in it completely. <laughs> I don't even sit that low when I skate anyways, but it's like, I don't know why I did that. And I, I immediately was like, this is completely different. So try it you out. Look like big Z out there. Big Z, but uh five eleven, not six, nine. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. and if you Perfect. have any questions send us an email send us an email what's our email hockeyphysiopod at gmail.com i think you got her yeah uh Perfect. is it the hockey physio pod it either way is. uh <laughs> they, if they found this they can it'll be in the bio this. yeah <laughs> <laughs> perfect